Hi there, I'm Aldo Nova. And in 1982, when I was 24 years old, I released an album, which is now considered a classic. And from that album came the track, which has become my trademark. But now, at 64 years old, I open up chapter two, when on October 16th this year, in a couple of days from now, I released my new song called Hey Laddie Daddie. And you can find it on Spotify, on Amazon, on Apple Music, on iTunes, they're almost everywhere. But before I close chapter one, I'd like to finish with a song that started it all for all of you out there, since this is my last COVID special. Are you ready to rock? All right! It's the Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Terrible. It just... I, always, I always used to try to read that book in fifth grade. You can never get more than one page back. You know, it's spice? So fuck stupid. this. As soon as I read the word spice, I'm like, eh, fuck it. It's just dumb. I don't care. I don't know what they're talking about, spices. Who gives a fuck about spices? Yeah. G- Gabe loves doing, though. Yeah. Oh. So, anyway, I, I want to get this out of the way. Uh, right off the top, the Lifers podcast is going on tour. Is that what's going on here, guys? We're going to do some live shows so if you live in chicago and if you live in madison you can come see how the sausage is made in a live setting the lifers podcast is going to be live you'll find out how it's made at the same time that we do right what do you guys think about this what were the dates are we going to announce the dates this we're just teasing it right now we can't announce the dates it's not official why can't we can we why not (laughs) it's up to you you're the June boss. June 6th at the G-Man and June 7th uh, at the Burr Oak here in Madison. In Madison, yes. Yes. Tickets will go on sale Monday. Monday. Next week. Monday. Monday. Whose idea was this? Mm, I don't know. It doesn't smell like my idea. <laughs> I'm making the trip up. I'm going to be there. He's gonna, are you going to bring your bowling ball? It depends. I might. On, on what? If, if I'm How driving or flying. No, if I'm driving or if I'm flying. I'm not going to carry my bowling bag with three bowling balls in it on the plane and pay overcharged prices to carry it on. You crazy? Can't you well, just I'm driving. Spirit. Wait, you have to bring all three or none at all? The bag holds three balls. Well, can't you get another no, bag? No, all, everyone one knows ball? all bags only hold two balls. <laughs> Either way, if I drive, I'll bring the bowling balls and we'll have a some kind of bowling match or outing between the three of us somewhere. Between At Chicago. thing on Monday? It's very possible. 
We could we could we could do we could record an episode from the diversity rock and bowl. I was gonna bring that up, but then you talked about G Man. I'm like, okay, that that would work too. But either well, way, if I bring my bowling balls, it's on. You know what we're gonna do, right? You're gonna take them. We're gonna steal them. No, we are going to edit this entire thing. So it sounds like you're talking about balls again. <laughs> if I bring my balls, it's on. <laughs> But I've been, but now that we, you know, we've been talking about this for a little while and now that it actually is coming true, I'm suddenly like, wait, how, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> What's I the, thought about it know, today and I got the sweats. <laughs> you know what? What's the set going to look like? Are we going to like have them, you know, are we going to have like recreations of our three different uh, backdrops that we have when we meet <laughs> each other? Gonna... It's going to be like, uh, stop making sense, the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Come out there with the boom box and then you know, people will bring out a couch. I mean I mean but it's it's I think you brought up a living room sort of setting. I mean, what, what the fuck? You're gonna bring in a couch and a, a lamp? what are you thinking? I mean I I I've seen some people do that. Um mm-hmm. you know, I but I, I don't want I don't want us to have to bring anything, so I guess it would be depending on we'd have to ask these venues, what do they have? What can what can you set up on stage for us? We we need a table and chairs. That's it. Yeah, but that's I don't want to. I don't know. Do you want to be formal like that, or you want to like you know? Oh my God, Ben has such. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're and we're gonna have special guests that we don't have yet or are not announcing yet. We're not divulging the special guests, but we will have guests. And then just uh, like a regular show, someone else had this bright idea about me playing an acoustic set. I don't know. Nobody cares. Right, of course so they we, do. Here's the idea. I'll come out and play an acoustic set, and then we'll do the thing. We're not going to close with an acoustic set. That's No? Okay. That's putting the cart before the horse, or that's... What, Gabe, what would you call that? That's, that's Anticlimactic? Um, what yes. are you trying to say? I don't think so. It is I anticlimactic. Think, I don't know. <laughs> but like, think about like we have a guest, and then you play an acoustic set that somehow relates to that guest, or if the guest is a musician, they can play with you. You can go back and forth. You and your ideas, <laughs> your grand ideas. Ben wants to give Scott a blind date with whoever's going to be the guest, and you're going to sing a duet with him. You guys are the kings of coming up with great live show concepts. Don't you skimp try on that to stuff. fucking no. Don't try to come at me like this. I'm impervious to this treatment. Yeah, all right, well, cool. The 6th and 7th, June. Sounds good. But today, Gabe, who do we have on the show? Today, the guest is Eric Oblander of Five Horse Johnson fame. That's who's right. Who's Five Horse Johnson, you ask? I, I, I would, if I didn't know. Who's Five Horse Johnson? And who's Eric Oblander? Why is he... He sounds familiar. Well, if you look at the credits on the PJ Souls record, you'll see he did play harmonica on oh, you were such a song. A pro. Yeah, go on. He, he played he, harmonica he's, on he's Money in the He's the guest musician on Money in the Dresser. Yep. Yes. Has he that ever been played he, live? He, did he play with you live? Yes, he has played it with us live. When we right. play, uh, he's played it with us a couple of times. If we were doing a live podcast tonight and Eric was our guest, you guys could play Money on the Dresser together. See how great that would be. Well, we should have him and Madison. We should cut the interview tonight and just screw it. What, I mean, what, what can we talk about? Can we do a whole episode on how unpunk Gabe is? 
Or can we do, you know, Gabe's favorite Asia songs or something like that? It's, there's only two songs. It's Heat of the Moment uh-huh. and uh, what's the other song? I forgot it already. Only Time Will Tell. Only Time Will Tell. How does that one go? Only Time Will Tell. You're leaving the now. Oh, yeah. It's in your course. eyes. You're oh, insincere. So speaking of... G-Man and Asia in 1982. Cover Boy had its first show Sunday night. First show? First of many? We're available for corporate gigs. Um, children's what about, birthday uh, what parties. About re- what about real proms? Would you do <laughs> high school proms? If we could go back. If they're cool with 1982. See, we're, we only play songs from 1982. Or high school reunions. From 1982. Yeah. We, we, we'd be perfect for it. Yeah. We busted out all these. And uh, Heat of the Moment was one of the songs we played. And uh, I don't mind saying I nailed the solo. That's right. I did it. It's the second thing I'm most proud of from that night. The first thing I'm most proud of is the... Uh, Mick Jones scream, not Mick Jones, the Joe Strummer scream from uh, Rock to Casbah. Really? Yeah. You went that? You went for it. You went, went all, it. you went for it. Went for it. And it, like, like honestly, like that scream, like that was pivotal for me. You know, I've, I've ripped that off many, 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 many times, many times a night, usually on tour. But like, that was a big moment for me. And you know, like listening to it or when it comes on the radio, I'm like, man, I remember hearing it and just thinking it was crazier and it's not as crazy. And I'm thinking, did I just make that up? So we were watching the video the other night, but the video mix is different than the album mix. So on the video mix, it is that crazy with those like crazy. Ah! Right. It's got the missiles too in the, in the middle of it. The missiles are on the recording. The beep, it it seems like it's louder on the, on the video. It probably it's a totally it's a different mix wow and they just really amp up the delay on that screen so i wasn't crazy gabe the show was a hit though people liked it oh yeah i mean basically it was like when people first saw the beatles <laughs> that's how people felt they said, I saw what, some. Well, you did that Banana Rama song. Couldn't believe it. I saw some clips. They they were pretty good. The uh, Aldo Nova. Aldo Nova. Mm-hmm. You sound like you were into it. <laughs> a little too much. A little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have heard you singing that over the years a few too many times. So I, I... <laughs> life is just a fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, that song is not subtle. That song's about c- 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 cocaine, like hardcore. Have you ever looked at the lyrics for that song? No. Out of sight by your kicks from the man in the white. Powder pleasure in your nose tonight. Can you guess what they're talking about? And then he sniffs. He goes, <laughs> and like in the, we watched the video of that too. And he sniffs in the video, and it's just like, yeah, it's subtle. It's like. Have you been watching Saturday Night Live lately? No. No. A lot of cocaine jokes on that show these days. 
Really? Hear me out. I think cocaine might be back at uh, the SNL group. Well, it's all over Every Peacock. week, there's a cocaine bit. And it's like, all right, it's not a subtle point you guys are making. I get it. You all do cocaine. I understand. Nobody else notices this but me? No, but I did watch the first 15 minutes of Cocaine Bear on Peacock last and? night. And I gave up. I was like, yeah, this is... <laughs> What's the matter with you? It's one of those movies that, you know, wants to be a cult movie. It's like Snakes on a Plane or something where, like... Mm-hmm. It's Go just on. Too, it's too on the nose. Or in the too nose. Too in the nose. <laughs> Powder pleasure. I listen, I don't I don't have time to get upset about a movie called Cocaine Bear. It's no, like I'm I say like, I, I, just I say watch it. I didn't it. have time to watch it. Watch it or don't watch it. You know, yeah. I people are like, that's the worst piece of shit. I go, first of all, it isn't. No, it's all right. Maverick is just, worse. Number two, well, uh, you're getting upset about and and number three, that little girl from the Florida Project doing a rail, it's the most, it's the most darling thing I've ever seen. No, they both eat it with a spoon and then spit it out. Oh, is that what happens? Am I wrong? I don't know. I didn't watch it last night. I watched oh, okay. it months ago when it came out. Did you go see Bo is Afraid? No, not yet. I haven't a chance to do anything yet. I mean, it's not, not like it's a long movie or anything. You're in, you're out. It's not like it's three hours. I don't even know if it's... Pl- it must be playing in Madison. I haven't looked. I I'm just, sure. I you just got over hip. a... I showed 160 films in a week. I am going to go see one of the movies that you are showing next week. I'm very excited about How to blow about. up a pipeline? Huh? How to blow up a pipeline? I saw that. But no, you're, you're showing New York, New York on 35, and I'm very excited oh, yes. about it. Are you coming, yeah. you're coming to New- Madison to see that? Hell yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Cool. I don't, I don't screw around. It's Scorsese. I am hosting that night, so you're going to see me. You better be good. In fact, if you're not good, I will get up and get out of my way. That's not what happens here. Gabe, have you, you ever seen New York, New York? Is that a Woody Allen movie? Shut up. No, never seen it. Have you ever seen a Woody Allen movie? Yes, I've seen plenty. Plenty <laughs> of Woody Allen movies. Okay, go on. What are they? A couple. A couple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the names of them. Who remembers the names of Woody Allen movies besides Annie Hall and... Well, there you go. Whatever. You go. I've seen and a couple what? with you. Murder Mystery, whatever that movie was. Manhattan Murder Mystery. Not one of the finest. It? I saw one where... <sighs> New York Stories? Remember I, think, to... I think I, I went to go so. see New York Stories. Isn't there like a love affair or some kind of movie in the yes, early 80s? It, no, I'm just saying the, the name of it. It was really good. I liked it, but I don't remember the name of it. Early 80s. Manhattan? No. Hannah Han and, and her sisters. sisters. Maybe, maybe not. I don't Radio know. Days. No. It was fairly popular movie, but I don't remember. Sleeper. No. Midsummer Night Sex. Comedy. Oh, I know. That I know. was it. Midsummer Night Sex. No, no, that that's it. not what it was. It was Husbands was and Wives. I saw that too. That's the one. Told you. That's that more than a couple. More than you thought. So what you're telling us is you're a huge Woody Allen fan? He's an artist. And you believe Woody. You also want to go on the record as saying Roman Polanski does not deserve all the persecution. You're projecting here. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know Roman Polanski. I never (laughs) stepped foot in his house before. He did what he did, and he's exiled. I, I know you're upset because of Tucker Carlson. 
I can see it in your face. <laughs> Tucker what are you going to watch now? I can't watch Don Lemon either. Did you watch Don Lemon? Who watched Don Lemon? People watched him. I didn't. I don't know. I, I watch my news on the internet now. I don't watch it on regular TV. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah? You, you watch, watch Newsmax. He watches OAN. No, I watch, uh, what do I watch? A couple of different uh, podcasts that I get my news from. We know you're a Joe Rogan fan. <laughs> oh, right. Justin no. Hawkins, you get your news from Justin Hawkins. I, I you do, Ben. That's where you get your stuff from. <laughs> I want everyone to know that Gabe is wearing a Joe Rogan podcast t-shirt right now. No, it's a Corrosion Conformity shirt. Ooh. It's, not, it's not Joe Rogan. C-O-C. C-O-C. That's a good one. The classic. Yes. We saw them at the Dumbledore in 2010. We toured with them. I mean, we Thank saw them. We toured with them. We saw them every night. That was uh, the first time we toured outside of the Midwest. It's true. Really? That's when, you fell in, that's when you first fell in love with Florida. And now look at you. Can't get you out of there. You're going to get me you out of here and the on June metal 5th, bugs. 6th, and June 7th. Oh, June 6th and bugs. June 7th. And he's bringing his palmetto bugs with him and his bowling I'm gonna, balls. I'm going to bring a lizard, a palmetto bug, and my <laughs> bowling balls. Bring, uh, bring that door without the doorknob on it. No, but I found some more books. The Good and Plenty book. Ben, ben I'll bring you one. Oh, thank if you. Anybody wants to order one, they're still available. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to these shows on the road. Whatever we're going to call them. Lifers on the road. Lifers hits the road, whatever you call it. This is one of those where you just book it and whatever happens, happens. We have no plans. I, I don't know how we're going to get from one show to the other. I don't know where I'm staying. I'm just, I don't know if I'm flying there, taking a train, driving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're just booking it and figuring it out along the way. I don't know how this is going to work out yet. Like, do we got to do a sound check? Do we got to get there early? Do we have to prep? Do we have to do research on our guests? I, What's going on? I think these are all things that you should be doing every week. Yeah, but you tell me the name of the guest a half a day before he comes on. Screw you. I told you days ago that it was going to be Eric tonight. No, but that's not the normal. The normal is the night before, the, the morning of. Oh, we're getting so-and-so tonight. Here's what's funny about this. You act as if, if, if I gave you a month ahead of time you still wouldn't do anything <laughs> yeah but and do you that, actually think you're going to do anything for these shows no i mean if you told also, me what are people going to show up and they're going to they don't want you to not be who you are <laughs> they want to see the real game the game who doesn't give two shits no i i, I know some of these people sometimes uh-huh i'm looking mm -hmm. forward to going to g-man and talking <laughs> to some of these people that have been guests Kelly Way's going to be there, maybe? She should be? I want to know. Is she Iron Maiden team or club replacements? She's I don't replacements. think she ever told us. No. Yeah, she she is. Yes, oh, she's yes. on the record? Yes, she, yeah, she's on the yes. record. Uh, not when we interviewed her. I can convert her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scott, what did Kelly Way say when you pitched this idea to her? Uh, she said, not now. I, I'm tired. <laughs> she's like, yeah. yeah. You're about to play. You're at G-Man. Do I have to think about you coming back? And I said, you know what? You're right. Now go get me a pizza. Hey, everybody. It's Eric Oblander. Eric, how you doing? Hello. H hello there, you magnificent podcasting Oh, punks. you magnificent. Uh, what you been up to lately? I haven't seen you in a while. 
I know, dude. I haven't you seen you in a Herb's long time. Birthday anymore? You know what's going on? I know, man. It's like we're way too old for that shit. <laughs> no, um, uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, I've been working. Uh, I literally text Herb every day, and uh. I text you like once a week, probably. But right. uh, uh, and when I'm hammered, it's like I text him like at four in the morning, and he's up if I can get his hours. Um, and you probably get some random text from me at like five in the morning or something. But uh, mostly, I've just been working, chasing around a gigantic twelve-year-old, uh, playing some. I've been jamming with the drummer, playing some. Um, I play like like organ and piano and stuff and some harmonica stuff with them and it's pretty cool. This two piece band thing is, dude. Why did it take me so long? It's the worst. <laughs> I remember I remember one time you and me were in uh, Austin uh-huh. and we were, and we went and saw. Uh, we we're hanging out with Frodo. We we're hanging out with Frodo uh-huh. and he was like and he had just gone to a strip bar where he made all the strippers cry. Yeah, of course which did, is yeah. awesome right but he uh so we were at uh antones and we saw um the black keys and there and there was nobody there really? i mean there was like it was it was a good crowd but i mean it wasn't like now they would never even get on the block but right. and i said wow scott a two-piece rock band who would have ever thought of that and yeah. you said the flat duo jets right the that was your answer yes, yes. it's a good answer yeah. Very good answer. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing that, listening to your pod. Oh, yeah? You got some notes for us? I have notes. Uh, well, not that many. I think it's great. I love your show. But uh, you guys did this YouTube nonsense, and you didn't mention another time, another place, Gloria or Electrico. So you people are idiots, first of all. <laughs> Dude, Clearly. I was just talking about Gloria last night. With the glockenspiel going on? how great on? it is, yes. We, were, we watched the... I watched the video the other day for Gloria. It's phenomenal. That's the thing about you two that I was going to, I wish I could have called in to talk about because you guys were kind of doing all the U2 tangents, uh-huh. was how great they were at like selling themselves in rock videos, like Streets With No Name when they're running around Vegas and like all just, they looked like everyone, whenever they put out a video, the next day everyone was like, I'm also wearing that tortilla hat or <laughs> this crazy... You know, like Indian rap. Right. Like right. they would, they, I'm dressing like a cowboy or a pilgrim or whatever. Yeah, they're like and rock was, star um, action figures. They're kind of like the village people of Irish. Uh, they're like the village rock. people of music. Yeah. yeah. But I just thought that they, it was, they were really good at that. But those three songs came to mind of, I wanted to call in and be like, yo. Um, 11 o'clock TikTok is a good one. It, that that is the jam. Up. That yes, it did. It yeah, did it did. Come up. I thought it did. Okay, all right. Hoop, I I mean, they they got did. a lot of songs. Listen, you know, we could do we could do U2's top fifty with with it's no true. problem. We could, but we're not. Let's do it tonight. Going to. Let's do it. No, do no. it. What's your? Oh, is, oh, is Eric is eleven o'clock TikTok your favorite? Or that's Gloria? a that's a strong one. I think another time, another place is by Jam. All right, what's that, better, U2's Gloria or Laura Branigan's Gloria? Mm. Is there a mashup we could do? I tried the other night and it Let's didn't do it. work out. Yeah, I'm surprised that nobody said I will follow because for a long time I think that was like the iconic U2 song. Like when I first heard that. Yeah, but didn't room. didn't replacements debunk that song a long time ago? Yeah. No. It's uh, Iron Maiden for me, by the way. That's another <laughs> note. If you're going to ask me if it's Iron Maiden or the replacements, right out of the gate. Okay, what's the best Iron Maiden record? Um, Killers. Wow. How old are you, Eric? Uh, 40, 
four. I'm 54. Okay. Nobody under 50 is going to say Killers. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that album. It's just you got to be a certain age to That's say. exactly the right answer. There is nothing wrong <laughs> with that nothing album. wrong with that record. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like uh, on other dumb things that we all know. What, what's next, Gabe? <laughs> Tacos are delicious. <laughs> I like pizza. Iron Maiden rocks. <laughs> I like pizza. Uh, my other note on your show that I love is the other day when Scott went on his old man rants, and it was super awesome, talking about getting into a fight in an airport or something. <laughs> and then you were super, and then you were super mad that there is a um, Mario Brothers movie. You were like, "What the hell? I'm so I'm mad about this." I'm still pissed about it. I know. The, I love that you're mad. By the way, it. it's awesome. I stuck that's, my head my into the theater the other day to see what was going on. And it was more depressing than sticking your head into a screening of Shoah. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> well. Faux Shoah. Faux. It was worse than Shoah. Faux Shoah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was worse. Claude Lanzman uh, wept. Uh, so that's, our only, that's my only notes. Everything else is spot on. That's all right. That's good. I like it. That's okay. So you like the old man rants? Hell yes. You got to just do like an old man corner, which is just your corner. It's not even an old man corner. It's just Scott corner. Because I've it's known you for like 30 years, and that's how you're always have been. <laughs> even when you were however old you were when we met, you're like, Dad, you know what's stupid? This. And you get all mad. Well, that's great. That's what's great about hanging out with Herb is he's always going to, I'm always going to be the positive one in the room next wow. to him. That's next dark. to him. And true. So we, we were playing the other night. Uh, at, at G-Man next to the Metro and I have this we're playing all these 1982 songs and so Herb shows up and you know Herb and the Outfits they're fucking amazing right so that should he, be his band by the way yes Herb and the Outfits so he's he's like oh well you heard here's about this show he goes most importantly what am I doing and I'm like uh well we're doing Fantasy by Aldo Nova and he goes all right so he never shows up to any rehearsals doesn't show up to sound check doesn't even really sing the song comes up and sings along to the chorus but the time and effort he put into the outfit amazing i mean I, I, i'll look for pictures see if we can maybe post them somewhere is it like the silver bodysuit like thing that elder nova was kind like, of dressed like susie quattro remember when, when herb would would wear this the snake outfit from head to toe and he'd be like, call me Snake. It was very much like that. But by the time he got to G-Man, it was so tight, this outfit, that it was already starting to burst at the seams. <laughs> and you could see his Grinch tattoo and everything. Oh, yeah. it's just he like, had that in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Right here. Oh, yeah? So how long have um, you known Herb? <clears throat> since I was, uh, like, literally 15. Jesus. Was that the, the first the, tour you were on? So when I was a kid, I... Started hanging out with the, like, I was, like, into Kiss and Rush and all that jazz. And then my dad was like, hey, he was, like, a real cool guy, art dude. And he was like, hey, if you listen to these records, I'll buy you all the Kiss records you want. I'm like, okay. So he gave me a bunch of, like, Madness records and Specials records. And that kind of sent me on my journey to the Pretenders and stuff. And that kind of sent me on my punk rock journey. So then I found out that my favorite punk rock band was from my town that I lived in the Necros, mm -hmm. and uh, that one of the dudes worked at a record store down the street from my grandma's house. So I went down there, and I found him, and I picked up a copy of their album, and I was like, I heard these guys are assholes. You know, I made some stupid joke to him, like, ha, 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 ha. And uh, he was like, yeah, it's pretty funny, dude. He's like, here's a new Motorhead record. Just check it out, and blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, by the way, our roadies having a uh, having a graduation party next week. You should come. And I was like, okay. So I just made my mom drop me off at their roadies house, and then uh, pretty much after a few jokes and underage beers, it was like, well, why don't you come with us to Chicago? And I was like, all right, let's go. So I was like 15, and I got we were opening for the minute, not the minute man. It was um. It wasn't the meat puppets either. It was somebody, somebody who was super. Who was it? Meat men. No, it, was, no, it wasn't the meat men. We would have all gone together, and yeah. the van would have smelled way worse. But no, we. Uh, so it was somebody that was like, somebody very hip. So it was like, it was like uh, it might have been the meat puppets or whatever. And th- it was at Metro, and we were opening. The Necros were opening. And I was like a little kid. I'd never left town really, other than like to Saginaw, Michigan, where my dad was from. So we get out of the van. We stop, get out of the van, and I just hear like all the guys in the Necros are like, oh boy, here they are. Oh Jesus, look out. And it's all the rights of the accused guys out uh-huh. there, like, bah! and they're all like, you know, we're dressed in black and skinny jeans and f- tiny little baseball caps, and they're all like, bah! you know. And uh, just, it was like, you know, in E.T., when E.T. finds all the other E.T.s and they're all like, yes, and they all just hang out together. That was what it was like when I met those guys. We're like, I would, I just started jumping around with them and throwing shit and drinking beer and acting like an asshole. And it was like, all right, you're in. Right. You're in the club. So, <laughs> and then we just were friends since then. And so how long were you out with Necros? Uh, I did, when I was little, my mom let me, well, little, like I was in high school. My mom let me like skip school and take summer school to go on two tours. So I did a Necros Circle Jerks tour for like the whole tour. And I was too young to get in a lot of the venues. It was like, that's how young I was. Right. Or how long ago it was really is more of the reference. Uh, and uh, and then I did a tour with uh, Herb and I both kind of did a tour with Megadeth because he was also roadieing when I couldn't. Uh-huh. And then uh, and then I we the Megadeth thing kind of fell apart for me and this other dude because they thought that we stole some chicken. Herb can tell you the story, the backstage chicken story. Oh, why don't you just tell us the story? You're here. <laughs> you, you uh, so so uh, Megadeth were like super proprietary about everything backstage. They one of assholes. them being yeah. Thanks. Okay, uh, we all know this. Yeah, and uh, they were really super like into their like post or pre-food buffet or whatever <laughs> and they had like a whole buffet every night and of course me and it was me and mike danner because he had a car and mike danner is the drummer from the laughing hyenas and then he joined big chief mm-hmm. after that and he was just a friend and we hung out like every day and uh so he drove and we went there and they were like that um what was the one dude like not not the guy who was like into little kids there was another guy in megadeth that was like <laughs> I don't remember who the other guy, but anyway, it wasn't Dave Mustaine. Okay. And uh, who was it? Yeah, who was it? Who Gabe? was the other dude? The longtime guy in Megadeth, Gabe. Uh, Dave Ellison. That's him. Oh yeah, Ellison. He's, the one that he, he got busted for underage kids. But there's oh. the other guy who was like the blonde dude who was like the guitar virtuoso-ish dude. But anyway, Dave he, Mustaine. Uh, well, no, not that. No, I know okay. that guy. I know Dave Mustaine. <laughs> I got, got, but he. Um, this guy, the, one of the guys in the band, was mad, and he thought that someone had stolen some chicken from the buffet, and he blamed us. And he, we were instantly expelled from the tour, and because we were there every how much, night. How much chicken had gone missing? 
I probably like I would assume two legs or something. I don't I don't know. But it was the weirdest ejection. <laughs> like Andy and Barry had to come over and be like from the Necros had to come over and be like, dude, I know this is fucking stupid, but listen, the guys in Megadeth are freaking out because someone raided the buffet and you guys gotta go. They're kicking everybody out of here that isn't on the tour. And we're like, okay, you know, okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Uh, and yeah. that was pretty much it. And then Herb stayed on because they thought Herb was cool. So they, he stayed on the rest of that tour. <laughs> right. He didn't steal any chicken. No, Herb hates chicken. Swear yeah. to God, it wasn't me. Just work. But uh, all the beer was gone. But um, sure. uh, so, yeah, that was it. But so my mom let me go on those tours. And then I started my own bands and kept going. So I mean, by, by that time, I was old enough. So, I mean, was, was this all from like your dad's influence? Just turning you on to good music or I mean what was it all start with kiss what, what well I mean as all things in the galaxy it all starts with kiss uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, my mom and dad met in art school and they're like super cool hippies and like my dad was like he my dad's the guy who taught me how to play harmonica and um, which ended up helping me do a lot of other traveling and um, play with you and shit but um, you're a blues traveler so to speak I am a I am a blues not yeah. the, no. um, but uh, so yeah it was my parents are really cool and like so they would always turn me on my mom still is around my dad is not but uh, uh, my mom still is very into cool music and things and um, so they, yeah they turned me on to like the Butterfield Blues Band and all these cool like weird Beatles records that I'd never had heard because I didn't have a seat you know before like you had to either have the records or you didn't right and. Um, my mom was like super into the Stones, and they like they would go to concerts, and I have tons of pictures that they took of like the Stones and Hendrix and stuff at concerts, and they just kind of kept, you know, pumping that into my brain, and then I eventually I found I found the bandwidth for everything, but it took me a long time. I was very you know siloed, like I only like you know rock or I only like punk. I'm a hardcore dude. Fuck everything, and then right. I kind of eventually found my way into realizing that it all has a place in my brain box. Exactly. It made sense. It took so, a little while to get yeah, there. Yeah, it does but. take a while. At first you're like, fuck that, and then eventually you're like, why, yeah, why like, fuck that? And it, it always happens when, if you're a dude and you, like you're about my, our age or whatever, and you get into Motorhead, mm-hmm. that's the one where you're like, I don't give a shit about anything else for like four years. <laughs> right. like, I, don't, I don't care. What is it? Oh, great, I don't care. Right. Um, well, two questions. Like, how big was Detroit for you, like, as far as influence? And did you go there a lot? Yeah, Detroit was our thing um, because Toledo was, there was nothing here. I mean, mm-hmm. Toledo is wonderful, and I love it, and you've been here. You know how great it is. Yeah. But um, there was not a lot of, like, cool gigs, but right, up, you know, 40 miles up the road, everything is there. Mm-hmm. So we would every Friday... Like, the Necros would play a lot in Detroit, and our various di- different roadie open bands would open, or Wrights would come into town and open, or, you know, whatever. So every, pretty much once a month, there'd be, like, a Necros party in Detroit somewhere, meaning there'd be a show. And then on the other ones, there'd be, like, Negative Approach would play, so we all go to that, or, like, you know, like, the Meat Men would have a gig, and we'd go, or we'd just go hang out at St. Andrews, because... They'd let us in and just go, I don't care. We'll drink all the beer. We don't give a shit. So right. we were there so much. And, um, yeah, so, like, it was just, like, our thing. And then I, when you had when you had Mike on, Mike Alonso, right. one of our 
drummers. Uh, he mentioned Seduce, or you mentioned Seduce, and Seduce used to play every weekend in Detroit, like every Friday night, and it was completely sold out every night, every Friday, like a yeah. huge concert, like 2,000 people. People dressed like them, people having waiting around for autographs after the show, and they were just all like mostly like just kind of Detroit dipshit good dudes. I love them all. But they weren't they never acted like jerks. They let us hang out backstage. Their roadies were all the old guys from like the Freezer Theater and stuff. All the original Detroit hardcore clubs. So like Brandy and Dave or Tim King were like who I still know to this day were just and they were called the Slee Stack. Uh-huh. <laughs> at at the they were like these giant bouncers that used to hang out at the Freezer Theater. And um then they be, they became the the Seduce squad. So Basically, we would just either every weekend there was something going on that we would just go to Detroit and do. So uh, why harmonica is is the other thing, like which turns out to be a real smart choice, you know, because not a lot of you. Yeah, it was like the it was the weird thing that happened to me where sometimes things just happen and you look back in your life and you go, remember when that thing happened? That was that was that was, or that was the exact second that that something happened. Um, I was walking through a parking lot and I broke my foot in a pothole and, uh, I had a cast on my leg that was like up to my knee pretty much. So my foot was in a cast and I couldn't walk. And my dad was an old blues player and he's like, well, you're kind of stuck. He's like, you can't go anywhere. I had like a pizza delivery job. Couldn't do that. And he's like, well, here's a stack of CDs and a little CD player. And I wrote all the keys to all the songs on the back of like all these Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf records. And here's a bunch of old harmonicas. He's like, you're stuck. You don't have to go anywhere. Just start jamming along to these with your little Walkman headphones. So I started jamming on like Manish Boy and all the Wolf records and everything and yeah. just playing along and finding my way through them. And that's how it started. And then I was just like, oh, this is... I get it. It just made sense to me as one of those weird things. I can't play guitar really, and I don't know how to. I was a drummer at first in all the bands that when I when I met everybody back when I was a little punk rock kid. The first time I was on stage, I was a drummer, but I had never really done anything else. So uh, I just started playing harp, and then I kept going, and um, I just kept sitting in with people. But at the same time. So I would sit in with people like here in Toledo at this, that you've played it before, that little bar Frankie's. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, it was like Tuesday jam night. But at the same time, like Big Chief had gotten signed to Sub Pop and they wanted harmonica stuff on it. So I would, like on a Tuesday, I would sit in and play harmonica with like the two guitar guys doing like Grateful Dead songs or whatever. And then on Friday, I'd go up and jam with Big Chief in front of like 900 people at... St. Andrews or whatever. Much better. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it just kept going because I would, I kept finding my way. And then I ran into Brad, who was an old friend, and he had been, Brad had been out in Santa Fe, like hanging out with his dad, doing peyote and whatever. And he had started listening to the same records I was, which was all those like R.L. Burnside and Junior Kimbrough records, those Fat Possum records. Right. And he was like, hey, man, I'm back in Toledo. What do you want to jam? What have you been doing? I'm like, I've been playing harmonica. He's like, I've been playing slide guitar. Let's jam. So we started jamming in his mom's basement. And uh, we had a drummer and me and him. And then that's when Five Horse Johnson started.
lot of bands that were doing that kind of thing when when you guys started. No, it was like Fat Possum. Was any there were not many new bands doing that stuff? There's a band from here called the Soledad Brothers, and they're uh, they were around the exact same time that we were, and they're very beloved, and they've done like Peel sessions, and um, the drummer works for Jack Black. Uh, Jack White, Jack Black. He works for Jack Black. He's in Tenacious D. Yeah. Uh, he he works for Third Man. He's part owner in Third Man now and stuff, and he's from Maumee, Ohio, like right here where the Necros are from and everything, but. They were one of the bands that were doing it, but not that many. It was like a weird Midwest thing. As a matter of fact, like we used to, we, me and all my Brad and all of our friends that were in our little little cadre would uh, would uh, evangelize so much for like all the new Fat Possum records that um, that Matthew Johnson guy from Fat Possum called the local Toledo record store once and he was like, what the hell is going on in Toledo? We sold like more records in one town that we have combined everywhere else in the world. Yeah. But it's just because everyone here was just a weird blues head, and then we had the Detroit scene going on, too, so. Doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. So you guys are touring all the time. I mean, who, who, who are you going on tour with here? Then, then when then. we started then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we learned really quickly that, like, when you don't have a record and you don't have anywhere to, like, any cred or whatever, it really sucks to play the Frankies of every town in America and being broke and living on the road is tough. So um, the the Big Chief guys had signed to Sub Pop and they were like, hey man, we're going to Europe a lot. You should check that out. And we're like, oh, should we? Good idea, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, okay, we'll just, okay, we'll check it out. But I'm not on Sub Pop, but... Right. Um, but we had gotten signed to a Detroit record label called Small Stone, of which we are still on. And they became kind of the de facto stoner rock label after a lot of the other ones kind of petered out. And um, so we kept trying to figure out ways to get over to Europe, but it was like only because that was like the promised land, you know. Right. And uh, so uh, there was there was this promoter. So this is like before, of course, like there's, you know, like iTunes and MP3s and all this jazz. And there was this promoter. And he was like, hey, man, I really love your band. He's this Dutch guy, this crazy, weird, gothy, punk rock, weird, pierced Dutch guy. And he was like, hey, I really like your band. Um, can your record label send me two boxes of CDs so I can send them to all the venues? And our record label was like, we can't. I mean, that would be, for us, we'd be broke, you know. Like, <laughs> the CDs at that time were like gold, and right. we didn't have enough, and shipping shit over there, and, and they couldn't. They, you know, and you couldn't just get them the music, like, we're going to play it on the whatever. So the promoter said, okay, I'm going to figure something out. So he took his versions of the CDs he had, and he played them over the phone for all the venues around his area, like in Holland and Belgium and stuff. He literally was like, hey, you know, whatever, Horst, listen to this. And he would <laughs> play our, our band, and they said, oh, it sounds good. You know, I'll book them. And luckily that was... In the golden good old days, like right around 2000, when the government subsidized all the arts in Europe, so they didn't give a shit if we came over and bombed. Right. Like it didn't, it didn't matter if no one came to the show because they didn't lose because they were getting paid for by the government. That no longer exists, and I can tell you that the the reason why it existed, it worked when it did because um, we went over there and played for like 
you know, 10 people a night, you know, traveling around. But then everyone said, holy shit, that was a great show. Please come back. So we go back again, figure out a way to get on one festival to afford to pay, go back and play in front of 50 people and go back again in six months and play in front of 100. And then after about two years, we were doing like 800 a night and playing like Sweden Rock Festival and stuff. It went really quick. Right. But it was a shit ton of work because we had to tour constantly and play for nobody for like two years. And we didn't understand the language and we lived in like a really broke dick sprinter van and stuff and had to use the same gear like our our um we had no you know extra money so like our tour manager was this big english dude and his father-in-law was our tour our merch guy and stuff because he couldn't afford to pay a merch guy so we had this old english dude like like selling merch for us and uh, checking out, checking out the birds, and uh-huh. uh, um, <laughs> and uh, he was busy checking out the ladies. I'm like, yeah. dude. But yeah, so and then eventually it got to the point where we could afford like to do it and go and keep stretching out. So we went from Belgium to Holland, and then we found Germany and Spain, and that opened up way. I mean, we tripled our touring. Spain just loves rock. They love blues rock. They love our blues rock. And we just endlessly went there and played and toured and we'd play like six shows in Spain and then two festivals like Fest de Mod and and uh, the other the huge one um, can't think of it now but anyway and then we'd go to back to Holland and play and then go back to Spain and go to Germany and it was like and then we'd go home come back here and it's crickets there's no one who knows jack shit about us I don't even know I'm in a band like so every every time I'd have to go on tour. We'd come home, and I would be like, "I need a job because I don't have any money left." You know, we'd, you know, you come home with a couple bucks. Right. So I'd start a job like working at like overnights at Target, and then I'd be like, "No, I'm 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 gonna be here for the long haul. I'm really excited about oh a tour. Bye." And I would leave, you know, and and uh, and and then I'd go out again on tour. But it was those long, weird three, five month tours that go on and on. Right. But you need to do it to make the money. Right. So, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so, um, and then we'd come home and wash, rinse, and repeat. You know, it was like I'd find a job at another place, at, at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. No, I'm here forever, I promise. And then I'd work for like two months and then um, go back on the road, lose that job. And then eventually it got to the point where we were touring enough that the gaps were pretty small in between. So we were kind of able to kind of make it work. Right. We didn't really officially make a living, but... Well, you guys are touring a lot. And, like, what was that... What year was that when, like, you brought up South by Southwest earlier? But, like, you know... Yeah, like, probably we started in... Like, let me put it this way. We were at Stonehenge when the planes hit at, two, in, at 9-11. Yeah. Like, I was... We were on tour and at Stonehenge. And so we were touring pretty heavily by then. So I would say from... 2000 till about maybe three years ago. Maybe now, maybe like, yeah, five years ago. Right. And so, I mean, you know, what happened? What's going on? Did you slow down? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, dude. You know, I'm yeah. old and, well, so. Was it COVID? I mean, did that. N- n- nah, it was like one of these things where, so in like 2006, uh, we kind of had this mutual friendship society with this band called Clutch. Yes. And uh, so 
we did a couple of shows with them, and then they're like, "Hey, you guys are great. We have this. We have these songs we call the Five Horse Johnson songs. Like some of the songs that they wrote on Elephant Riders were like based on mm-hmm. songs that they had heard us play on one of our albums, which is great because we have songs that we called our clutch songs that right. were like, yeah, we ripped you guys off too. So it kind of became like, oh, we love you guys. Oh, great. So we did a tour with them, and then they said hey, we have this idea for a record. We want you to play harmonica on it. And I said, cool. And so then that was when they decided they were going to record from Beale Street to Oblivion. So I went to, I went to, I kind of put Five Horse Johnson on the back burner for a while and went to Baltimore and wrote, well, to Maryland and wrote a bunch of songs with those guys. And then we went to Sound City in LA and recorded the album, which was Amazing. Yeah. Like, completely, like, you walk in and you're like, oh, every record I've ever bought is recorded in this building. Yeah. Like, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, great, the record's done, you know, come on tour with us. So I was like, cool. So I stayed in tour, living in a tour bus with Clutch, you know, like a, a huge tour bus getting fed dinners, plus food on the bus, plus per diems, plus whatever. Right. And that was about two or three years, about two years. And, I mean, those guys are the nicest, most upstanding, kind, no secrets. Like, they pay you what you make. And They've you, done everything right, as far as I can yeah. tell, you know? And, but then, you know, my, my, their blues time, they kind of got tired of doing blues stuff after a while and, or wanted to kind of switch gears. And they're like, thanks, your time is done at Clutch Corp. And I was like, <laughs> here's your, your, your severance package. Right. And... Um, I was like, cool, I get it, no problem, and totally mutually assured, no big deal. But then I got home, and my wife had been like, what the hell? Because though you think we tour a lot, Clutch tours, yeah. and still tours Sick. constantly. Yeah. Like, they don't stop. Right. And so when I was out with them, it was about two years of me playing harmonica with them, I bet I was out 18 months on the road. Like, Jesus. they don't, and I'm, they don't stop.
came back my wife was kind of like hey you know like let's figure some stuff out and i was like do i really want to get back into a van after living in a tour bus for two and a half years i'm like well and by this time not only would i have to get back into a tour bus but we got to rebuild the fire of five horse again because it's been sort of waiting in the wings you know right so i said ah fuck i'm gonna go back to school so i went to college uh me and my wife had a kid and then adult adulthood tapped me on the shoulder and said what's up bro let's go so um and that's kind of where we where it sat for a while and then 
Uh, and then we did a couple more five horse records and toured more. We I took a break, went to school, had a kid, and then <laughs> my wife likes to remind me nonstop that uh, we 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 waited for the kid was born, and when our baby was one month old, we went back on the road. <laughs> my wife's like, "Thanks, thanks, bro. Yeah, you're looking out, dude." Yeah. And uh, so we just went. We headed back in Europe and back to the festivals, and it was great. Um, and it, w- it was going very, very good, actually. We put out uh, Jake Like Boogie, and people loved it and went nuts, and we recorded that. And that's um, we, right before that, we did um, uh, the record of uh, uh, Taking a Black Heart, and we had Robin Zander sing on a song, uh, Faces Cover and stuff, and it was going really well. And then about five years ago, our guitar player, Phil, passed away. Yeah. Uh, total freak like heart attack thing like he just had a one of those weird things happen to him at home in germany and we just kind of were like i don't know man like what else we haven't officially ever you know thrown in the towel but he was such a big part of our songwriting and our like whole thing he just you know he and brad were like the two guitar brothers and they're kind of love hated each other and not really hated they loved each other but uh you know they just the way they played was really different um and we just kind of it was a real gut punch that we never really stood back up from as of yet and so it's been i think four years that i think it's been four years so we just kind of went on a holding pattern and we never really have decided what the hell we're going to do and people keep asking us to go on tour and stuff and write records and it's tempting but it's kind of like retraining, you know. I mean, it's hard when you've had somebody that important to the songwriting process, not only alone, just the aesthetic of the band for that long. I mean, he was he's played on every one of our records until he joined officially, like in 2012 or whatever. So, yeah. so it was, you know, we were like the, the little engine that could, and then it just kind of was like, I don't know. Like, it was kind of just tough to decide, so. Right. We're still kind of circling the, the the airport, waiting to figure out what we're going to do. But it just the, the urgency went away, and the fun of it kind of disappeared. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, but you're still playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I play. I do a lot of studio work, um, harmonica stuff, and I picked up the B three organ. Started doing that stuff a couple of years ago, and. Um, Brad and I jam sometimes. Brad bought this. You got to go out there. Um, Brad bought our, our guitar player from Five Force Johnson. Bought a giant piece of property out in the middle of nowhere, uh-huh. and it has a huge barn. And he and I, well, mostly he, but I helped him fix it up into like a giant venue, like juke joint, uh-huh. with like a stage and a PA and giant pictures of like Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and Jimi Hendrix on the walls. He built a bar with like only whiskey. It's got like 50 bottles of whiskey in it. And he quit drinking like five years ago, but um, he doesn't care if anyone else is doing right. it. Well, he used to play Herb's birthday every every year. We tried to, yeah. It was really fun. Like, I, you know, everyone knows, you know, Herb is the mayor of Chicago, man. If he asks, you got to go. So yeah. um, we tried to do it last year with me and Brad's new band, but... I started this new gig and I couldn't be like, hey, thanks for the new job, University of Michigan. By the way, I need this day off. I, it couldn't make it work because it was the time it was. It wasn't Target. Fuck Target. It wasn't Target. Oh, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so it, it was just kind of one of those things where we couldn't make it work. But I need to go because I love that place very much. Well, there was one year you played it, and uh, I was like, hey, you know, I, I need you to play on, on this song. So we dragged you over to... Uh, you literally dragged me. Like, you're like, come here. And you grab me and... Dra- I'm not bullshitting. You drag me out of the bar, <laughs> drag me into a, a car or a cab, right. drag me out of the studio... Said, here, do you want to use this fend- uh, Marshall amp? And I was like, okay. He's like, bring a harmonica and whatever key it was. F. It's an F. Uh, so, you know, brought the right harp and uh, brought a microphone and plugged into that Marshall thing and tore it up and went back to the bar. Right. A lot of people didn't know he left. <laughs> exactly. I was like, it's not going to take much. It's not going to take much of your time. Like, All right. Well, I, I don't know this song, you know. And by the <laughs> way that I played on it, you can tell. That it wasn't exactly... No, it's great. No, I'm kidding. It's great. Everyone loves it. That song is uh, super fun. I love that, James. Well... I love that album, to be honest with you. Oh, thank you. But you listen to it and you're like... The rest are terrible. You're like, right. You're like, all right, I'll play on this song, but only if you promise me that 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 line from uh, Motley Crue is going to stay. Hell yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day. I'm like, if you turn on the Juice Boy and turn the power, I'll let you... I'll I'll play on it. But if not... (laughs) Right. And it fits for, great. It's like every time I hear it, I laugh. For the listeners, we're talking about Money on the Dresser from PJ Souls, right? That is correct. That's right, Thank Gabe. You. I, I, All right, we got to clear it up here. I appreciate it. <laughs> Gabe has a question that he likes to ask all of our Gabe. guests. Go ahead. What is it? Are you ready for your question, Gabe? 
I thought we already went through this. Oh, the Iron right. Maiden or thing? Yeah. I told you it was Gary Yeah, you but you didn't, you didn't give us a chance. You didn't give us a chance to predict. You know, usually Ben and I predict. Try to guess. The See guess. guess. Go ahead. See what happens. <laughs> I might fuck with you. See what happens. Go ahead. No, you, you didn't even blink when Mike was or when Scott was talking about the the dude from the replacements. So I'm not going to guess replacements. It's Iron Maiden all the way. Yeah, well, it's not all the way, it's but the it's, way. it's more of a. He likes of both a, of them. I like them both, but you I have just, room for the replacements in your collection. You would say yes, but I would. Looking back fondly on my life, I would think of how much time I've clocked in listening to Iron Maiden versus how much I've clocked in listening to the replacements. And it's not real close, probably. It's been a lot of Maiden time. A lot of Maiden time. When did you check out of Maiden? Uh, I would say probably, like, by the time Power Slave came out, I was kind of like, I don't know what the hell's going on here anymore. (laughs) I I mean, it was was like... See, this doesn't even count. This isn't really even Gabe's Iron Maiden that he likes. Hashtag not my Maiden. Uh, Ben, you forget. You forget who you're talking to here. No, ben forgets himself. Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you're you're uh, that you you roll deep with the maiden. Uh, Come on, show me your tattoo, Gabe. I will. I'm about to. Hold on a second here. What are we waiting? Warm for? it up, Chris. <laughs> I'm about seen to. This tattoo on the show. Wow, he's wait a minute. You're gonna whip out it. You have a off. you have an Eddie tattoo. Was it? Is I it hope around it's your belly button? What's going on? No, it's, I'm just gonna. I don't think I ever talked about this on the show. No, this is this is it's true. It's amazing. This but is already my favorite. But Eric threw down. He said he dropped out before pow, right before Power Slave. I'm like, are you crazy? Well, That's maybe funny. at. Oh Eric wait, he's asking. got it. Oh look at that. Nice. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. I, I have Eddie respect, from Power sir. Slave on my right. Uh, all right, Gabe, put your pants back on. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> on my right. We all. It looks good. Ben, now still, let's see your. Still keep it tight. I, I, I didn't know that. Straight edge guys could get tattoos. I oh yes, was... Ben. Let's see your replacements tattoo. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll show you. It's what just I a do can now. of beer. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, what else? I mean, I think uh, this is a pretty. I think you. I feel like I've been talking for an hour. So I, at least you guys it, got a break. It doesn't feel like it, but it has been an hour. I mean, you've, well, you've I'm been, old, so I got a lot of shit to cover. Delight, you know. You, you don't stutter like I do. Uh, you know you. You seem like all your faculties are still there. So, uh, yeah, I hosted a TV show for about five years. That helped. <laughs> okay. I did. I swear to God. I had like yeah. a music TV show that I kind of did in the cracks there. Oh, can I so, find that on uh, YouTube? Yeah. Oh, I got to watch this. Yeah. I had, uh, it's mostly like a local music TV show here in Toledo, but I quit. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, it was fun. It was just I wasn't, I'm not a TV guy. It was like too I mean, I am in. You're very affable. TV. You know, you're. you're I am affable. I try to be. It's all. Yeah. A, it's all a facade. But that's <laughs> that's fine. Behind this, you know, behind these blue eyes is a seething, raging fire of. No, there's no. What was it but, um, that we drank all night at your apartment and listened to uh, MC5? Mm-hmm. Remember, time. I had that. I had that. I made that really cool end table that was made out of a surfboard. Yeah. You remember that? But yeah. like the dumb thing is that it was a surfboard, so the beers kept going and like falling off. I'm like, ah, oh, this is such a cool idea. And you're like, all right, that's great. And except our beers would, you know, it'd be like, kick out the jams, and the vibrations would slowly slide. Our beers were constantly spilling. Yeah, it was, um, it was a mess, man. You and I have done a lot of dumb things. Most of the dumb things that 
really tragically, like I have a scar in my head, dumb things that have happened in my life are with either you or Herb. <laughs> and I've traveled like the world with like multiple bands. But those, you two I've guys, the before. most dumb things have happened to me when I'm with you. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> like I was going to, Herb said we should call him, but I'm not going to call him because it'll take <laughs> um, Let's call him. All right. Uh, but like I have a scar on my head from going to a Refco show at St. Andrews and he and I both stage diving and no one caught us and I landed on my head and busted my head open and I'm like bleeding all over St. Andrews and they're like I had like a goose egg what's us that's Gabe's move and then we and then we were throwing firecrackers out of windows in the right to the accused van and I lit a whole strip and the window was up and I threw it and it landed in my lap and blew off <laughs> and they're like and but everyone's in the van like Wes is like oh my god my ears right <laughs> like I'm so gonna be deaf Herb tells me this story like a few months ago and he's like yo we used to go by Fireside and throw eggs at people in line and stuff and I'm like I'm like you motherfucker that was us that was us he, he threw an egg at my balls while like, I forget who we were waiting for but he's like Fuck you, motherfuckers. And I'm just like, oh, I knew I'd find you one day. Uh, so my mom was a very kind and still is a very kind person. And she would let me throw a, a Fourth of July party every year. Yeah. And every year, Herb and <laughs> the most of the rights guys so, yeah. would show up at my house. It was like me and all the Necros guys and like the Meat Men dudes would show up and some of the Negative Approach guys or whatever like, <sighs> would show up. And in my mom's backyard... Which was cool because like white zombies slept on my mom's floor and like all it was hilarious back in the day. But um, I was there just so we all know. But um, <laughs> um, and we used to just Herb would show up and he would have stopped at the fireworks store and this is like not an exaggeration would have spent upwards <laughs> yeah. of a thousand dollars on fireworks. Absolutely. And then we would blow off fireworks in my mom's backyard for pretty much eighteen hours straight. Yeah. Cops would. Always get called. Someone always get shot in the eye. Shooting them Somebody's at car. each other. Yeah. <laughs> Someone always shooting them at each other. Like this is a great idea. And one buddy, I remember, I was standing next to him, and this bottle rocket went zipped right at him, and he was wearing a white shirt, and it's doing that thing where it's like running into him, but it's like, and it went burned a hole in his shirt, and then blew up inside of him the t-shirt. My mom would like dip in. She'd come in and be like, "Oh boy," and like look around and just be like her running around with a cowboy hat and no shirt, going no nuts shirt. and wearing yeah, some kind of thing. And Mike dancing on a thing with a thing on and bottle rockets flying. And then uh, my mom would be like, "All right, well, looks good. You guys have this under control. Bye." And then she'd leave. And cops came a few times. And uh, thousands of dollars were spent. Lots of beer. A lot of barbecue. One year we blew up a toilet, uh, and we had a we had a toilet in the backyard, and uh, we blew it up with two M80s, like an extra toilet. That hey, answer, leave a message. Herb, remember when we blew up the toilet? Good times. <laughs> He's not answering. How dare he not answer? He'll call. Who does he think he is? Me? Eric John Popper. Yay or nay? Uh, I respect the man. For what he did, but man, I can't stand to listen to that guy. What did he do? Uh, he his he opened a lot of doors for harmonica. Unfortunately, sometimes they're the wrong doors. Like the, are you going to play like John Popper? And I'm like, no. But no. I mean, that dude can play 
And he is a total psycho, and so that's kind of great. Yes. Well, yeah, I've heard he's kind of cool. Psycho. Yeah, I've heard he's like a way. cool dude. Uh, a couple guys I know work for him. Um, I like the idea of what he does and the, the craft in which he does it, but I just can't do it. Mean, it's not my jam. How's that? Well, who's the best harmonica player? Um, besides me, yeah. Um, no, uh, my favorite harmonica player is probably probably Lester Butler would be my favorite. Uh, followed, if not tied with James Cotton. Ooh, okay. Um, I I met James Cotton a couple times, and he was like, it was like meeting some sort of deity. It was yeah. awesome. So Ben's uh, favorite is Popper. Who's your favorite, Gabe? Stevie Wonder. That's a good pick. <laughs> That's a fine pick. That's he's an easy underrated. Pick. Yeah, overrated. But he's very. He's got a unique sound. You know it's him when he's playing. Yeah, he's got That's the chromatic chromatic harmonica. You can always tell it's Stevie. That's a good point. Yeah. What about, good, uh, well, yeah. what about Bob Dylan? Well, what about I mean, Dylan? if you're a if you're a folk guy, he he made it pretty uh, pretty un like you really couldn't do anything without. I mean, he made it so that you couldn't do folk without a harmonica. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing about Blues Traveler: it's hard to listen to. I mean, there if if it's your thing, it is, and if it's not, it's not. But it's it's there. I mean. <laughs> they're they're a force, force majeure, man. No, I just didn't want Ben to give you the runaround. Um, I see what you did there. Okay. There goes Gabe. Uh, <laughs> Eric, cut, cut me off guard on that one. Uh, I'm proud of you. Proud of you for what we've done here. Uh, replacements cover of uh, Black Diamond, yay or nay? Hell yes. I'm a nay. And I love Kiss, but I and love Scott. I didn't ask you. I. I'm Are you a hater? Uh, it's the, the most useless track on Let It Be. I will buy that too. That is yeah, a, sure. that is true. You could have that whole album That's without fine. that song, and it would be both fun. things can be true. It could be a great cover. And but it was so irreverent, system. Holmes. It was so like, what are they? I guess doing? they were the first to sort of say, "Kiss is cool," Some, right? Yeah, like. But we're gonna smarty pants it up a little bit. You know? A little bit. I don't even know if they did smarty. It kind of, you know, I, I agree with that too, Ben. Both things can be true. <laughs> All things being equal, welcome to our podcast. All things being equal, we don't say shit about anything. Um, that's good though. I like it. I mean, to me, it was when I heard it, I was like, "Wow, this is wild." You know. Now, like Scott said, it's kind of like, man, okay. Yeah. What was I didn't listen to your guys's entire covers show what was your final best cover My songs favorite cover is uh mark lanigan's cover of solitaire by the carpenters okay it awesome just choice. destroys me what's your favorite cover me yeah uh devo satisfaction okay That's like it's the, people love that and 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 i think when people talk about covers people who are knowledgeable our covers are like that's the best cover of all time. Well, just because it was such a teardown. Um, also, I think when you go the opposite direction and you listen to songs that are like pretty much a cover, but it's like the same song. Right. Uh, Cheap Trick doing Magical Mystery Tour is like it sounds like if the Beatles were together. It's so good, you know. It's good. Well, Gabe's yeah. favorite cover of all time is uh, "Ain't That a Shame" by Cheap Trick. Yeah. He thinks that's, that's their best one. song. Yes. I didn't say it was their best. Song. I bet. I just said I. I look forward to that the most. It is, it's a. It's a good one. 
That's a, well, I, well, I agree. What do you mean? All right, if, if that's the song you look forward to the most, what are you looking forward? I've heard. I've heard the other. Their worst no, songs? I've heard all the other stuff enough. No, I just want to hear it every time I see Cheap Trick. I have to hear that song. Otherwise, I'm not. I think every time you see Cheap Trick, you more than likely will. Will <laughs> yes, and and that's the way it should yeah. be. Uh, <laughs> so saith. <laughs> That's and that's the way it's going to be. So They're going to play one of their most popular songs, and God damn it, and that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. Uh, I what about? I was thinking about songs that uh, could have been covered by bands but weren't. Like ah, uh, okay, all right. Cool. I, I always thought it would be cool if Motorhead did a version of "Mary Mary" by the Monkees, which is that like. Mary. It's like, Mary, that? Mary, where you going to? And then Run Mary, DMC Mary, did like a version of it. Yeah, Run DMC did it. Yeah. And then the Butterfield Band, Blues Band did it. And it was like the most uncool thing to do was to do a cover of a monkey song. My God, you pigs. But uh, <laughs> I thought if Motorhead did it, it would be like super like, Mary, Mary, where are you going? <laughs> I think that's why Fast Eddie left because Lemmy wanted to cover that. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. That's it. Fuck, fuck you. Money. Fuck the plasmatics. And He's like, fuck the this monkeys. Is dumb. This is dumb. The minkies. I'm not doing any of this shit. I also well, thought about another good topic is songs with commas in the title. Okay. Well, I like it's songs any, with any kind of punctuation, punctuation in the title. Yeah. It's troublesome, though, isn't it? Like songs that start with a dot, dot, dot. You got some of those, don't you? You have any of those? Because then it's like, how do you look it up on a, like when you search in it and stuff? Are there songs with colons in the title? There's a lot of documentaries that do that. The mentors had a lot of colons. Colons, yeah. Yeah, You want to talk about colons? What is Herb here again? Songs about colons. Uh, We've covered colonoscopies on this show more than once. We have. I've had one. I have too. And it was fun, right? You had two? Gabe, well, no, I have had one also. Oh, I've also okay. had one. Gabe went the Gabe route. refuses you know this, to get, Do you know about this? Gabe would rather shit in a box and send it out. <laughs> yes, it's easy. Just put it in a box. Put it in the, 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 the store. And they, yes, colon guard. Now I get ads on my face guard feed or Facebook feed for colon guard all the time. You think, do you think like how do you guy, get the how do you get the shit in the box? Yeah, how does what is, what is the mechanics of this game? Yes, I've always you. wanted to know. Yeah, you gotta look it up on YouTube. You'll see it. They got a little I'm contraption that goes over the toilet. You tell, tell us. us. Yeah. No, I can't. You're like a human Google. Vibrant? No, <laughs> no. It's a little contraption that goes over the toilet and it doesn't uh, fall in the tank, the, the bowl. You sit over it and you hope you're. Angle is right, and you just you hope you you know you drop, is you true. drop it. It's All like a it's like when you're like a, <laughs> like a trailblazer, like one of those like portable toilet deals that you take on tour, like a trailblazer. Yeah, <laughs> never had one of those. No, descendants no. Of oh yeah, I've never done that. I just shit Good in a heavens. box. Good heavens, I would never possibly <laughs> defecate in public. <laughs> what what? <laughs> no. Uh, can you imagine like the UPS guy? Get in that box. He's like, <laughs> that's what I said. But I took it to them. I took it to the store. <laughs> Here, they don't throw know. this away. Here, Here comes another one. Oh boy! I say from a block away, they probably thought like, oh, this guy's bringing a shit in the box. Ah, damn! You can it. tell the type. I, I, is that a is that a gray and blue 
cola guard boxes. I, I would, we're closed. I, I would much rather have somebody stick a bunch of stuff up my ass than do this game. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. Just, this is just uh, not cool. <laughs> I had the sunglasses on, the hoodie up, and I said, here, this is ready to go. No receipt needed. Just take it. Is that the Unabomber? I was no. going to say, did the Unabomber just bomb us with some? No, it's some guy who's afraid <laughs> of butt stuff. The thing about the butt stuff that is almost like weirder is like they knock you out for it. Like I was knocked out, so I'm like, what's going on? Like they could just go ahead and do whatever the hell they wanted and make it. You know, yeah, I don't know. Totally. They could put anything up there. Totally, they're like you're starting to go out and they're like, by the way, I'm a big fan of your work. And they're just like, yeah. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Uh, but you know, it's kind of like being the worst part about them is just the prep work. You know, kind of like. Oh, the drinking, kind of of the, the drinking of yeah. the stuff? Yes, practicing. Getting ready for it. <laughs> Strangely enough, I just decided to keep drinking this stuff after it. So it was so fun. <laughs> I like it. It's a lot better than Jägermeister. Yeah, it's definitely better than Malort. Ooh. Uh, we were talking about whoever has the job of copywriter over at Malort. Have you seen some of the, the ad copy? Lord, because your pants aren't going to shit themselves. <laughs> Kicking your mouth in the nuts. Lord. Uh, that's excellent. I mean, that's the dream. You know, to be a copywriter, and you, that's the kind of work that you can do. And just come up with shit. Literally. Yes. Gabe, what if you were the spokesperson for the, the shit in the box company, what would be your... Uh, tagline. My pitch. Your pitch. My pitch. Raise your pitch up. Uh, I I, I don't know. There had to be something about uh. What's the product called? Colon guard. Colon guard. Is it colon guard or cola guard? It could be one of the other. I think it's a little. Col- I think it's a little less cool. I don't know. Colon guard sounds kind of like a. Yeah, it sounds a little too much. It had to be something <laughs> something about this this wear. tube goes one way to the box one way, <laughs> not the other. Something like that. This do- <laughs> this door only goes out, not in. Colon guard. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose this one. All right, good. Well shit. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna like it, but I can't believe more people don't do it. If you have the choice. My uh, I know people who have in my life that have done this. But it's not 100%. You're not going to learn everything that you need to yeah, know. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think it's a... Yeah, exactly. Like, I found out... It to, told me everything. Sir, in 1986, yeah. you had St. Mark's Pizza. Right, exactly. <laughs> you were in New York City. Do you recognize this gum? This is from 1972. We told you. You're not supposed to swallow this stuff. We told you this. The colon people told you. Well, I've had enough of this shit. Uh, there, that's the name. There's a, that's a good it. one, yeah. Well. All right, I've, I've lowered it down. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> We're here again. You remember when Herb had a, a IPA at the bar called Pee Pee Poo Poo Caca? Yeah. Does he yeah. still have it? And the, and the, the tap the handle is a giant. The tap handle, yeah. Like, that's their... That's their beer, their house beer, yeah. Pee Pee Poo Poo Caca. But I mean, is it still there, like with the thing? Yeah, it's still there. Um. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. That was pretty gross. I can't believe we're talking about shit again. I mean, <laughs> why am I shocked? That's the way it goes, man. We're all just shit-flinging chips. I don't understand. 
All right, oh, did Eric. Did you want to elevate with poetry? No, or there's no elevation. No. We're, we're, we're done. All right. We can't. All right. We cannot get ourselves out of this hole. That is the other title. Yes, right. Gabe for Colingard. We can't get ourselves out of this hole. Oh.